so we need to look at the the total tax consequences in a family-run transfer, which we don't have to do as advisors if we're transferring the business to the family. Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. We'll get into this episode's conversation right after this. Do you already have an exit planning system in place? Are you looking for ways to attract new exit planning clients? The BEI Marketing License is the perfect launchpad. With the Marketing License, you'll receive access to tools, brandable materials, and support that enable you to attract and engage clients in exit planning. These tools are designed to place you and your firm as the trusted advisor. Get started today by visiting exitplanning.com forward slash license. That's exitplanning.com forward slash license. Attract and engage your clients in the exit planning process. Today we have an interesting topic to discuss. I was recently speaking to an advisor who just wanted to talk over some ideas and bounce things around for a client who had approached the advisor. They've worked together for a long time. And this client uh, is an owner of a business and has a child who's been working in the business for quite some time and has been doing really well, according to this business owner, has a couple of children who don't work in the business and are not interested, all of whom are adults. So all the kids are adults. And the business owner came in and said, can you please help me come up with a way to sell the company to my business active child. I think it was a daughter in this case. Uh, So I'd like to sell the business to my daughter within the next few years. I'm kind of looking towards retirement. Uh, She's been doing a really good job of kind of building her leadership and, and helping me run the company. And I think I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to sell. And I, the first thing I said to this advisor was, okay, tell me more about what is motivating this business owner yeah. to say that he wants to sell the business to the daughter. Talk to me more about, you know, he didn't say transfer, transition, hand over the baton or anything like that. It was a definite, I need to sell. Can you help me structure a sale uh, so that I can get that done within a certain period of time? And John, you've seen this before, right? The, yeah. the business owners are, are pretty focused on on the idea of a sale to a child. So let's just get out of the way. What are the, you know, red flags that mm-hmm. that first come into our mind, which we're not necessarily going to say to our clients because it might sound like resisting their plan to sell, but with the red flags that go up when we hear sell to a child. Well, the tax red flag is that it's the most expensive way to transfer ownership to a child from a tax standpoint. Uh, Why is that? Because the child has no money of their own, so if they're going to buy the business from mom and dad, they have to first get money from the company, which is in terms of salary or nest distribution. Will there be a tax consequence there at the child's maximum tax rate that they're paying? That money is then going to be paid to the parent owner who's going to pay a second tax on it. Ouch. 
out. Yeah. So the the tax the tax rate combined tax rate generally speaking on the taxable income that comes from the company ends up being around 50%, sometimes more. Mm-hmm. So that's not necessary to do. Right. Okay. So we've got some tax issues that come that's up. That's the tax you issue. You slid another one in there, which is that this buyer, in quotation marks, doesn't have any money. Right. So no financial wherewithal, no resources. We're going to have to be completely dependent on the company, which this business owner already owns and right. gets the benefit of. So are they, so, you know, I've, one of the questions is, are they really even selling when they go to try and have a child buy the right. company? So then let's flip to kind of the, maybe switch, switch gears a little bit, talk about the, the non-technical or the non, you know, sort of tax aspects of selling a business to a child. What are the kind of intangible or emotional reasons why a business owner might uh, want to sell the business to a child rather than I'm just going to give it to them. I'm just yeah. gonna, they're just going to own it. I don't know. I'll just leave it to them in my will or whatever. So there's obviously something going on here that's making the business owner think that a sale is important. And so give us some examples, and I'll I'll share some too, maybe of sure. of why why we get why we're having that conversation with our client. So I in my experience, and and again through our members and, and our practices, we've dealt with hundreds and hundreds of these family transition scenarios. Probably the number one reason why the owner is thinking of selling the business to a child is because they're not aware of alternatives. Mm-hmm. They just don't know. And I've, I've given lots of talks to business owners about alternative forms of transferring ownership and usually that are more tax sensitive. Sure. Uh, and still get the owner what the owner wants and needs and gets the rest of the family what they want and need. And the owner is just totally unaware. They've never Agreed. spoken to anybody about it. And sometimes they'll come up to me after a talk and say, John, you know, I just sold my business to my daughter uh, using an installment note. Uh, how do I get out of that? <laughs> you know, And, you know, there's not uh, yeah. a way to get out of it, really. Mm-hmm. That's not going to create some significant tax consequences. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is is really based on lack of knowledge. Owners know they can give the business away, but all of us here listening in probably have business owner clients who believe that the annual gift tax exclusion is $3,000 a year. <laughs> you know, they they just don't know, and it's because they're business owners and they're They've working in their business. On that. Right. They're really good uh, at it. They're not really good at ownership transitions. Right. And their advisors have done nothing. They haven't reached out, which is... Um, which is about true about 80% of the time. No advisor has ever spoken to an owner about their plans for leaving the business someday or transferring ownership. Mm-hmm. So they just don't know. So uh, for us listening in, the first thing to do is to just ask some general questions. What's, what's kind of the knowledge base? What's the goals of the owner, the owner's spouse, their combined goals in terms of transferring money? How much money does the owner need? So The way I always address this, Elizabeth, when we're in a family transition scenario, is I back up to understanding what the owner and the owner's spouse want and need out of the business. Right. Because that's then is going to set the the minimum amount of money, net after all taxes, that we have to get to the the senior generation. 
And then we can look at how the junior generation, whether that's one child or a bunch of kids who are going to acquire ownership, what's the most tax efficient way of getting that amount of money to the parents while transferring ownership? Right. And I can I can maybe add to that. That's one of the things that I would say is driving this uh, these requests from (coughs) from clients to uh, to sell their you know sell their business to their child is that there is some amount of money that the owner believes that they need right yeah and they think well i guess i'll get it from selling yeah and if i sell it i'm just going to pay a capital gains tax so that's probably the most efficient tax to pay in terms of the lowest amount which could be true however there's that second tax and greater tax that has to be paid when the child gets the money from the business and pays a tax on that. So we need to look at the the total tax consequences in a family-run transfer, which we don't have to do as advisors if we're transferring the business to the family. I think I can jump in there and say that you're kind of bringing up one of the points that I would have that I would have mentioned which is that business owners believe in many cases that they still need some more money in order to achieve independence. And so the logical sort of way of getting that would be to sell the business. I'd I'd like for my child, my daughter here to take over. So I guess I'll sell it to her and she can figure out how to get the money. And then I'll have enough money that I, you know, to sort of achieve my retirement goals. And in so doing, the business ends up in the hands of my child. I end up with financial independence. Isn't that great? You can achieve those things with many other transition methodologies. But I agree with you, kind of circling back. One of you know, even though one of the reasons that a business owner might propose a sale is that they need money. Your first point was they're just not aware that there are other ways right. to get resources for retirement. And I might also throw in that another thing that I have seen many, many times is that the sale, the idea of the sale, particularly that way of transitioning ownership is can be can be in many cases driven by the fact that this business owner may have other children or that the spouse of the business owner feels that that a purchase would be more fair Mm -hmm. and. Uh, and we've talked many times about the the value of the business being uh, being the single largest asset that many business owners own. And if that's the case, maybe the business is worth five million dollars or ten million dollars, and outside of the business, the the owner and spouse have maybe not accumulated a lot of wealth, but there are four children. And so the yeah. one who takes over the business, having having a ten million dollar asset, it's the way the rest of the family might think about it. And then there's a million dollars in, you know, retirement funds and another yeah, half a million dollars in enough. life insurance. So there's yeah. a $10 million business yeah. and one or $2 million in other things. So I must have to sell the business to this child because uh, I can't give them something that's worth 80 or 90% of my total net worth. Do you, right. That happens quite mm-hmm. frequently. So... It's, it's important to separate the tax planning, the income tax planning on ownership transfers from the family wealth transition planning. 
which can be very different and may not be driven by income tax planning. So it's a whole different set of issues. Uh, you can accomplish all of the family wealth training, planning, uh, transfer considerations without selling the business. Right. Uh, and that requires a lot more analysis than we're going to be able to do in this podcast. But I want I want to suggest to the advisors listening in and the owners that selling the business really benefits the IRS more than it's going to benefit <laughs> your other win. children or the business active children or you, the, the parents of the business. So we need to think of other ways to transfer ownership. And there are other ways. There are many other ways of doing that. So that's one set of issues, the whole tax side of things uh, that we need to pay attention to, obviously, but they should not drive the transfer planning of a closely held business. And I, and I just want to mention one more thing, at least for, for this podcast, is that uh, if we're selling the business to a third party, so Elizabeth is a third party buyer, I own my business, she offers me $10 million for it, uh, and I'm just going to pay a capital gains tax, that's great. Absolutely. It's great for me because that probably is one of the lowest ways of paying net taxes is through paying a capital gains taxes. And I don't care how Elizabeth, the outside third-party buyer, got the $10 million. Because I probably got it from some other source. Yeah. And then I'm going to look for a return on my investment from right. your business, but I'm not going to expect the business to literally pay you. Right. You know, it's going to pay me and maybe my lender right. back. Yeah, you're but you don't care because you're playing golf or traveling. Right. And, and so you're spending six months in Italy and it doesn't make any difference to you right. where I got the money or what I have to do to pay it back. Right. And uh, so, I mean, if we look at long term, at some point, Elizabeth has another uh, company or now this company, she's going to have to earn or it, the company's going to have to earn 15 or 16 or 17 million dollars to end up with 10 million dollars to pay me for my 10 millions and I pay a capital gains tax. But I don't care that it costs her 16 or 17 million dollars. I just want her 10 million dollars. In a family run business, I have to be concerned about also how she's going to earn the money to pay me. Right. The way I talk to people about this is about sort of drawing circles. So so to continue on with your point, which I totally agree with, is that when there's a third party coming in from the outside, that's why we call them an outside buyer, you know, we're going to draw a circle around the owner or mm -hmm. maybe the owner and his or her family. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do planning that creates the best outcome for those people. So some people will do some estate planning or some transfers before mm -hmm. they put the business on the market, try to push wealth out to their sure. kids or their grandkids, those kinds of things. Uh, they might also do some kind, some tax planning, maybe try to improve the performance of the company or the company. There's some tax. charitable planning to reduce right? the actual taxes. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of so things to do. All of those. That's the circle I want to draw if we're going in the direction of a third-party sale. It's right. probably around the business owner, his or her family, and their kind of interests. But I agree, in a closely held business that's planning on remaining closely held, the circle you draw, and not all advisors know this. I'm still getting stories about about. <clears throat> non-planning oriented advisors who, who, who have not yet adjusted their perspective, but 
we in planning kind of yeah. draw the circle around the business, the owner, and the successor. Not necessarily a family member who's a successor. It might be an employee or a group of employees mm -hmm. or a management team. Also, people who tend not to have outside resources, who are going to rely on the business to make the transitions mm -hmm. financially successful. And so now we're going to draw a circle around the company, the owner, maybe the owner's family, if that's important, and the next owner, whether it's a family member mm -hmm. or some other kind of what we would call mm -hmm. an insider, co-owner, employee, et cetera, draw a circle around all of them, and then try to minimize the taxes and maximize the use of, of available dollars through our planning inside of that circle. And when we do these kinds of circles, people realize, oh, okay, well, I have to sort of add up all of these players and the consequences for all of them because if you and I are family members and we're transitioning ownership, what affects you also affects me. Mm -hmm. So that's so that's the way we kind of draw it out when we whiteboard these mm -hmm. scenarios for clients or for other advisors. And it seems and it seems to help. And and the tools that we use to run you know, different scenarios or model different different transition plans will do the same thing. They tend they tend to take the broadest possible look you know and i would say <clears throat> we we do spend a lot of time and a lot of effort in this exact area and the result is for business owners about two-thirds of the exit plan implementations our members really do for business owners are transfers to insiders they're not third-party sales and i think that's that demographic or statistic is very different in the world at large outside of the planning that we do because most owners don't have the benefit of the type of tax planning and family planning that our members do. We focus on this every single day. Third-party sale is a lot easier uh, for business owners to do, frankly. They develop a business worth a lot of money, they sell it, they it's pay a, a capital gains tax. Can be can be very straightforward. Not always, but can be very sure. straightforward. Family planning takes more analysis and thoughtfulness, but the result can be and is exactly what the owners want. And right. that is why we plan. That is why we plan. <laughs> so when we get these questions, you know, uh, I get it from an advisor, an advisor gets the question from a business owner or if there's a business owner listening here and they had this idea in their head that they were going to go ahead and sell a business to their child, then I think what we're really saying is have a bigger conversation right. about why a sale seems important, what a client or a business owner is hoping to achieve through a sale. What are the, what are the outcomes? What are the things that that gets you? It gets me peace in the family. Okay. If I could get you peace in the family, in another way that's more efficient, would you be interested in talking about right. it? Yes, I would. So what are we trying to achieve through a sale to a business active child? And can that be achieved in another way through planning that actually creates some additional benefits? Right. And certainly owners are welcome to sell their businesses to their mm -hmm. children. But I think when they are confronted with the possibility of getting other outcomes that might be better and still achieving the same things that the sale would have achieved, most owners will go with a planned right. transition right. rather than, you know, can we get some documents and do a sale to my daughter by the end of the year? Right. 
That's exactly right. That's why we plan. So those are the takeaways for today. And if you're an owner listening, we encourage you to have a conversation with an advisor who can draw a circle that's bigger than just you. You know, somebody who can really look at all the different moving parts and help you manipulate them to get a better outcome. And if you're an advisor, then we encourage you to do that back up when you're having these conversations with business owners to see is there something else that could be done that would improve the outcome for everybody. All right, that's why we plan. Thank you very much, John, for being here. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening in. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode. For more content like this, please visit exitplanning.com.